This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal News Show. Join you every morning at 8am UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you so much as always for joining me. It is very much appreciated. I hope you've had a fantastic start to your week and we're back in the usual surroundings, which hopefully means no silly connectivity problems. I can't promise that it's always going to be perfect, but what I can promise hopefully is a strong internet connection far more than what we've been used to over the last fair few days. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in over the course of the weekend. And uh, I hope you've appreciated the work that's gone into continuing the show every morning, despite the fact that I was indeed still on holiday. So, yes, thank you. Uh, everyone joining us in the chat box, uh, thank you so much for doing so. Uh, Paul, good morning to you, to Johnny, to Dave, to uh, Martin. Good morning to Amira, to Blackshine, to Rob, to The Process. Good morning to uh, Barry, to Darren, to Matt G, to Lars, to Jalali. Uh, Legend, Sabre, Phil, Vivian, uh, Stephen, Sandman, Junior, Stevie, PJ, and plenty more of you guys joining us as well. Very much appreciated. Thank you to everybody for making us a part, as I always say, of your morning routines. If you could drop a like, if you could subscribe, I would really genuinely appreciate it. Right. Uh, without further ado, we're going to jump into today's stories. However, I would like to kick off today's show uh, on more of a somber tone. You know, over the past uh, couple of weeks, we've we've learned about some um, obviously horrific acts of violence. And sadly, yesterday, uh, the game between Belgium and Sweden had to be abandoned because of a terror attack in uh, Brussels, which sadly saw um, the loss of the lives of a couple of Swedish football fans. And, you know, no one should go to a game of football and... Uh, and, and not return, which is, it's really sad. So certainly our thoughts are, are with those that are affected by all of the uh, recent conflicts and sad passings uh, that we've seen over the past couple of weeks, um, which obviously has, has seen yesterday uh, that footballing-related um, incident happen, which is uh, very, very sad indeed. But uh, I wanted to kick off the show with what is obviously a really important um, thing 
to, to talk about. Uh, moving into Arsenal's uh, topics, um, Gabriel has been speaking whilst away on international duty. Uh, he says on the prospect of facing Uruguay and, of course, talking about Arsenal and Brazil as well, he says, I know that everything is in God's time. Last year, we lost the title. We were sad, but this season we've started well, winning a title already, talking about the Community Shield there. Uh, I'm certainly happy about my first goal in the Selecao shirts. Uh, it's a dream for me and my family to be here. I'm very happy with what I'm experiencing. We know their quality, Uruguay, players who have played at a very high level, but we have to be prepared for what lies ahead. I'm at Arsenal and I always come up against great players. That's no problem. I've played against Darwin Nunez. We know his quality, but he's got a clear head. It's going to be a tough game, but we've prepared. So, Brazil will, of course, face uh, Uruguay in the next game of their World Cup qualifying group. And uh, there is an expectation that uh, we'll see Uruguay, uh, sorry, that we'll see Brazil start Gabriel Magalhaes. She seemingly has really kind of grabbed that um, that centre-half position uh, in all of its, you know, I was going to say glory. I don't know if glory is the right word, but certainly all of, their, all of his quality that he's had and shown He's certainly been able to um, to display that, which is obviously really good for him. Uh, ben White's contract talks are ongoing still. Um, for those that were wondering what the latest on Ben White is, and that that they are ongoing, and that they are that they are indeed ongoing, but positive talks uh, are underway, and that there is hope that a new renewal will indeed be uh, signed and ready at some stage uh, in the near future. Uh, ben White's very happy at Arsenal. He wants to stay at Arsenal and uh, Arsenal want to keep him at the club, even though he's got a contract that is still going for another three years. Arsenal want to future-proof their team and make sure that contracts really aren't up for discussion, to be honest, at any point. And so as soon as they can renew and extend those deals, they're looking to do that, which is, of course, another really positive aspect of Arsenal's future planning. Um, Coyota, who is a uh, Fiorentina fullback that's been linked with the club. Uh, there was, you know... a a clause in his deal basically at the time that he was available for quite a low amount of money and his wages were significantly low as well that would make move to a club like Arsenal, hence why we were linked to him, um, quite easy. Uh, he has signed a brand new deal with Fiorentina, meaning that if indeed Arsenal um, wanted to make a move for the fullback, they would have to pay a, a higher fee and obviously a higher wage than perhaps they would have been planning to. But we did, we did uh, talk about this player in the past and so therefore I thought it important to bring up the fact that he has indeed signed a brand new contract uh, speaking of transfers and sticking with them just for a second uh, one of our headline transfer stories of the day according to Fabrizio Romano Arsenal are still said to be interested in Douglas Luiz uh, he said speaking to court offside Arsenal have been monitoring Pedro Neto for some time and I can also say that Arsenal have always kept monitoring the same players they like such as Aston Villa's Douglas Luiz, he remains one of them. He's always been appreciated. Of course, we know that Arsenal had bids rejected for Luiz in September of 2022, and he later went on to sign a new deal with Villa, which runs until 2026. He's now a key player for Villa, so the deal would not be an easy one, but many clubs appreciate him. Whether or not I think that Douglas Luiz has got to become a better player since we last signed him, you know, I think that he has improved and he's improved under Unai Emery as well. I just don't know whether or not that he's the right player. Um, to Arsenal to sign in central midfield. You know, I've always thought if he was going to play in this team, it would be playing slightly ahead of the number six. I didn't think number six was his best position. Um, so I never saw him as kind of a, um, a player that would hold on to a defensive midfield role. I thought it would be Rice kind of sitting and then Louise on the slight left and slightly ahead of him. But I think there are better options. You know, Yusuf Fafana, I think for me, is a is a better option for Arsenal to go for than, than Douglas Louise. But uh, 
interesting to see if this interest becomes anything more than just that. Um, but let's wait and see what happens. And our headline story of the day I wanted to discuss is that yesterday, whilst I was travelling back from uh, Suffolk, was uh, able to scroll through social media a little bit. And uh, what I did see was a lot of Chelsea supporters debating whether or not that they should be booing Kai Havertz when Arsenal, of course, visits Stamford Bridge on Saturday. Bear in mind that this is the player that won them the Champions League with a massive goal against Manchester City. Uh, he's gone to Arsenal after being, let's face it, underappreciated and underused and undervalued and misused by the Blues. Um, yes, he has moved. I know that some Arsenal fans don't like Cesc Fabregas for moving to Chelsea. And certainly when Cesc Fabregas returned to Arsenal, there were boos. So it's not like there isn't hypocrisy if anybody that was happy to boo Cesc Fabregas is not happy to see Kai Havertz booed by Chelsea's fans. What I would say is that I was never one of those fans. I find booing a little bit petty, to be honest. Like it's just it's just not anything that I'm really that engaged with. Um, but we know that, of course, it does happen. Um, and Arsenal fans, for some reason, found it you know fine to boo. So it's fabulous, despite the uh, success that he, of course, had during his time with us. Um, but uh, And, of course, the fact that Arsenal rejected the idea of re-signing uh, Fabregas when Arsene Wenger had already signed Meza Ozil. So it wasn't even down to Fabregas. He would have been very open to returning to Arsenal, it seems, but the door was not open. But with Kai Havertz, you know, a player that has won them at a Champions League um, and uh, now has moved to Arsenal and for a significant fee as well. He didn't necessarily push for the move at all. He was kind of forced out in some ways. It was very different. Cesc kind of forced the move to Barcelona, whereas Havertz was kind of surplus to requirements under uh, Pochettino and Arsenal decided that he wasn't going to be that at Arsenal and that he'd be a very useful asset to the club. So very interesting. Um, I'm intrigued to see if Chelsea do indeed boo Havertz on Saturday. I hope that it's used as something of a uh, a motivation, if anything, for him. So yeah, let's let's wait and see. Um, let's wait and see what uh, what happens on Saturday. Right, let's move to part two then and uh, your questions and thoughts in the chat box right after this. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, uh, let's jump into the chat. Uh, Red Star says, Tom, have you seen El Nenny's interview? I don't understand how some fans... <laughs> want him gone so bad. He's one of my favourite players. Uh, sadly, I haven't seen and read it in, in full detail. I know that Simon Collins uh, of the Evening Standard spoke to 
to El Nini, and I saw that his uh, interview in the Evening Standard was was published as well. Which is, you know, I think we when it comes to a player like Mohamed El Nini, um, he's obviously I think an asset to the team. He's a really really strong, likable character, um, and certainly one that I think will be of a benefit to Arsenal to keep around the squad. And he plans on I think. Uh, kind of remaining he says uh it was one of the happiest days of my life when asked about signing that brand new deal the way they spoke to me the way the entire club was happy about this decision they made me cry this day arsenal football club they know i love them 100 so much they know i don't want to leave i want to stay and finish my career there 100 and i was injured and my contract was finishing and i could not play anymore last season and they came straight away after i got injured the next day and said mo what sort of contract will it have to be we love you here and we want you to stay uh, really, this club is great, which is, you know, absolutely fantastic. And he also spoke about El Nene FC um, and spoke about the fact that, you know, he started up his own under 10 side. He's been doing his coaching badges with Arsenal. I think it's a great idea. He says, I'm thinking about football all the time because I know we have had older players before who finished their careers and they don't know what to do after. It is much better to think about now because then when you finish, you have something already built. And the idea started from that because we want to stay in England, but I cannot just stay in England without work after retiring. I cannot just stay at home doing nothing. And that's why I was thinking what business I can do. I cannot open restaurants because of my passion is football from day one, um, which is great. You know, I think it's fantastic. I was always on the idea of, um, I was always uh, certainly in the corner of, of El Nene staying because it was just, a, it was an obvious thing for us to do. There was no downside to him staying at the club. I think that he offers Arsenal good performances, consistent performances, just level solid six or higher out of ten. I can't remember a bad performance from El Nene ever, to be honest. I'm sure maybe there were, but certainly they don't stand out in my mind. I don't ever remember one. So, yeah, certainly uh, El Nene is a player that I look forward to hopefully seeing uh, thrive when his career finishes, but also continue to do good things while he remains a playing member of staff. Um, Amira says fans would rather have two players of different ilk in one position, but Mikel Antonio in his podcast said managers might prefer them to be similar. So tactics and rotation is easier for the team. What are your thoughts? I think that certainly Antonio makes a fair point with this. You know, think about why Nketiah and Jesus are our options at centre forward. They're both stylistically, you know, uh, rather physiologically quite similar in their smaller, slighter stance and st uh, stature. But uh, there is differences between them still. Jesus is a lot more collaborative, whereas Nketi we think about as much of a six-yard box finisher. Um, so I think there are there's truth and there's also uh, debating points against that from Antonio. But some managers certainly, I think, will like having similar players and some will like having different options. And I think by bringing in Kai Havertz, we have given ourselves a different option at centre-forward as well. Uh, John says, I expect them to boo when he scores a screamer to break his open play goal duck, but if we want them to run through walls for the badge, we have to show them something in return. And he, John adds, that's crazy regarding the own any hate. The renewal was good for the club to show the team that Arsenal will take care of you and we always criticise players for being mercenaries indeed. And certainly El Nenny doesn't fall into that category. El Nenny has been great for Arsenal and that contract extension was never something to criticise. It was just something to go, you know what, that's really classy from Arsenal. It's not going to cost them, you know, a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? An impactual amount of money that's going to show up on the books anyway, negatively and stop Arsenal from signing anybody. You know, we still signed Declan Rice. We still signed Kai Havertz. We still signed Timber. We still signed Raya. You know, it wasn't like it affected anything that we wanted to do. 
Um, and it's a really important part of the squad. And it's important to have those types of characters within the group as well. Um, Lynn says, Tom, can you explain to me why the Spurs manager has been given manager of the month two months on the bounce when someone like Mikel is poles apart? I understand why he got manager of the month in August. That makes sense. But I think if Arsenal continue to go on unbeaten in October, we can expect Mikel Arteta to, of course, get that manager of the month award after beating Manchester City. Um, but they would need to then beat Chelsea. Uh, we've then got games against Sheffield United this month as well. We've got a Carabao Cup game uh, against West Ham United as well. We've got Newcastle, but that's in November, actually. So uh, the Carabao Cup game is also in November. So we've only got two games. I imagine if Arsenal are able to beat Chelsea and beat Sheffield United, you'll very comfortably see Arteta get that award. But regarding kind of the results from the last month as well, Arsenal um, beat Bournemouth. They drew with Spurs. They beat uh, Everton, which they hadn't done in a long time, and they beat Manchester United. You could argue that they had a very strong month, Arsenal, but I guess that Ange coming to Arsenal and securing a 2-2 draw was higher, more of a, a higher appreciated um, result than what Arsenal have done, which, you know, is down to opinion. Um, Anna Simos says, what about Kefren Turam or Mano Kone? There are other players, of course, that Arsenal should be interested in for sure, uh, and certainly I wouldn't be against the idea of Arsenal bringing in either of those two players. Uh, Jeho says, Tom, what do you think about us going for Calvin Phillips next summer? I don't feel too good about that, mate. To be honest, I think that Arsenal would be better off trying to sign a player that was more up and coming rather than a project player like Havertz that needs more of a renewal and a revival about their career. Um, Mark says, Tom, I'd like your thoughts on Andre at Fluminense and whether the interest in him is serious. For me, he's as good as Gimaraes. Well, Mark, you clearly have seen plenty more of the player than I have. Now, Yesterday, of course, I spoke about one of our listeners that had been giving uh, some information about Fluminense, and I didn't give them the credit for their name. So, Charlie Millen, thank you so much for the comments on the other show. But also, Charlie left some thoughts on Andre in our comment section, so I'll read you to them now. Um, Andre, uh, he says, Andre went from being the best young player in Brazil in 2021 to being the best defensive midfielder in Brazil in 2022. And now in 2023, he's the best DM in America, uh, and he's getting his first Mirics, uh, minutes in the Selecao. I assume that's maybe South America, or maybe even South and North America. Um, he's my favourite Zeran graduate since Marcelo. He's always captained youth sides, usually averages more than 90% passing, has amazing recoveries and tackles. Only thing missing from him is his game is a slightly cooler head. He spent two years with Felipe Melo now and is shooting. Um, he sorts those out, and he's up there with the best DMs in the world. So, High praise there from Charlie regarding Andre. It's certainly not a player that I can comment on and say, oh, yeah, absolutely, Arsenal should be going for him because I've analysed his, his, his play. But certainly if these links continue towards January, you, you can be sure that a tactical breakdown we will indeed be covering. So maybe we'll have to get Charlie on the channel to have a chat about uh, Andre. But uh, certainly, Temi, uh, a tactical analysis and a breakdown on Andre will be done closer to the January window should these links um, persist. We like kind of waiting until we can get to January before we do in those tactical breakdowns because we like to get a little bit more data throughout the course of the season and ensure that those links are indeed very much true. Um, Sabre says, Tom, if you could have any song become an Arsenal chant, what song would it be? I assume this is like, you know, like the Waka Waka song and the Tequila song and turning them into songs for players. Off the, it's really hard to do these, these kind of things off the top of my head. Um, because my knowledge of kind of music in this sense, I have such a niche music taste. You know, I'm, I'm really into drum and bass, as you guys very much know. And outside of that, it's like alternative rock, like Foles and things like this. So 
coming up with like a, a tune. I love the fact that Chase the Sun, which of course is a bit of an Ibiza classic, um, became Martin Odegaard's song because I do enjoy that. And there is a brand new remix of Chase the Sun out by Coven, which you should definitely check out if you haven't done so already. Um, but coming off, uh, I, you know, I, when I was younger, I used to listen to a lot of Madness, believe it or not, uh, the Scar band. And I do like Scar music. Um so maybe something, uh, maybe using one of the Madness tunes. Uh, it'd be incredible if you could get a night boat to Cairo uh, <laughs> use of one of the songs. Or maybe like obviously One Step Beyond, but that is more, I know One Step Beyond gets associated with Chelsea, I think a little bit. Um, so maybe avoid that one. But Our House as well. I, th- I reckon Our House can be turned into a, a song um, for one of the Arsenal players kind of easily as well. So yeah, I think there are options. Um, it must be love, maybe, as well, another one. Um, there's lots of Scar uh, Madness tunes in particular that I think would be great options. Um, but there you go. Um, and Sabro says, it's because your music taste in kind of electric or drum bass that I asked. The thing is, is that drum bass songs are not really able to be used um, uh, <laughs> in kind of a football charty way. They just don't work. Um, yeah, there's been a few remixes of the All I Need Is Your Love Tonight song um, but yeah I don't think that would work so yeah Suggs is a Chelsea fan says Stephen so it would never be allowed I, I know he is as that's why I say he gets linked with, with Chelsea quite a lot but she, some of their songs are quite good so there you go uh, that was a really fun answer thank you you're very welcome um, Femi says please correct me if I'm wrong Arsenal and Spurs are on the same points and goals so how come they sit top of the league um, because Spurs have scored more goals than Arsenal Femi so that's that's why uh, Legend says why isn't Emil getting a chance on that left hand side because he's not above Trossard and he's not above Martinelli in the pecking order it's it's as simple as that, really. Uh, he's not even above Jesus, it seems, uh, if we could use, you know, Jesus and uh, and something like that. Oh, this is a big shout for Macri Lasagna. Could use something like Original Nutter. Yeah, Shy FX, Original Nutter. That could be a good one. Can't imagine the Emirates crowd rapping for a significant period, but uh, Original Nutter would be quite fun <laughs> to do. Certainly, if you've not heard that song, check it out, the Shy FX, Original Nutter. Uh, Anna Simos says, I don't see why fans would want either Phillips or Louise we have to realise that the next centre midfielder would be a replacement for Partey, not just depth, which Jorginho is now. Uh, we need to sign, uh, we need to aim higher. And I agree, you know, I, I think that both of Calvin Phillips and Louise are of a level that we should be looking for kind of the higher um, the, the higher quality option, which is why I like somebody like Yusuf Afada, who I think has got a higher ceiling than both those two. As Brett mentioned in the chat box, Kefren to uh, Kefren Turam and Manu Kone as well. Two other players I think have higher ceilings in the end at a top club to develop into than those two. So yeah, certainly um, I think Arsenal should be aiming higher. Generally says, how much do we get for Smithrow in January? 35 to 40. You know, the issue I have when I answer these questions about how much do I think we're going to get for Smithrow is that I inevitably get somebody in my comment section leave a comment like, I don't like, Tom, how you lower the valuation of players. In fact, I think there was a comment like that the other day um valuation or maybe the value if i search the word value maybe it'll come up but i just yeah here we go so this comment came in from ade ade femi 3299 it says tom i need to say this to you i feel sad how we as arsenal fans especially fan channels and journalists like yourself who have a voice consistently devalue our players in the market all in the name of being logical 
<laughs> just find a little funny. Um, and yet we are hoping the club can sell big and sell well and improve our finances. But we already operate with a defeatist mentality in the transfer market when it comes to sales. It's easy for us to say we want to buy certain players and agree with some of the prices other clubs put in their assets. But we keep saying we don't see how other teams will want to pay huge amounts for our own highly talented players. How can you say for Smithrow, who is regarded as one of the next best things for English midfields, that you don't see any team wanting to pay more than £40 million for him, for a young player who has a high ceiling? Despite his injury record, we will likely go to Wolves and make inquiries to buy Neto, who has a similar injury issues or worse, and we will still have to cough upwards of £70 million for him, and we will all justify it. We don't encourage that of any team who wants to come for Smithrow should start at least from £50 million. Just thought I needed to point this out. We should stop this wrong narrative. You might say it doesn't really matter, but all the opinions add up. But Ade, I respect your opinion on this and I respect your comment. What I would say is that, you know, when you use the line of all in the name of being logical, I do kind of advertise myself as kind of being logical uh, and objective about things we talk about. And I'm not going to, you know, deviate from that path just to try and hype up when I personally don't think that, I have any influence on what Arsenal are going to accept. If Arsenal are looking at what I'm saying and then accepting a lower figure because of what I've said, then there's a problem, quite frankly, and they shouldn't be. So I really think that maybe there's too much emphasis on the idea that I or Harry or other comment sections specifically have an influence on how much we accept for players. And I can only give you what I think is my opinion about that regarding the comment on Smith Rowe and how much he's worth 50 million and the comparisons to Neto I absolutely understand why some people might think well if Neto is going to go for 60 plus million quid or 70 plus million quid why on earth can't we get Smith Rowe especially because Neto has had those injury reputations as well but what I would say is if you look at a number of factors there is a reason behind that first of all Smith Rowe when he returns from injury isn't starting for Arsenal. Neto, when he returns from injury for Wolves, is starting not only for Wolves, but he's getting minutes for Portugal on the international level as well, which increases his value. Not only that, but the injury types that Neto has had, which are not persistent, they're like a really niche patella injury, which is not the type that you see you know, happen again or consistently. And then an ankle injury, which again was kind of linking to just him coming back too soon and then an associated injury with that. And there's not been an issue so far. Fingers crossed that there won't be. Um, you've also got to consider that he's moving from Wolves. And Wolves have got a very good record when it comes to making good money on the players that they sell. Think about how much they just got for Neves. Think about how much they just got for Mateus Nunez. Um, they do make significant money when they sell players. And, uh, and that has to come into into the thoughts. I'm just having a quick look at Wolves' all transfer to see some of the records of some of the other players they've sold. But when Arsenal sell players, our reputation when it's come to selling has not been particularly great. They sold Nathan Collins to Brentford for more than £20 million. They sold Morgan Gibbs-White for upwards of £25 million. You know, they, they've sold well uh, when it's come to players. They sold Diogo Jota for upwards of £40 million. You know, so, and that was, when was that? When did that even happen? 2020? So it's not as if that they are you know, bad sellers. And they're getting, they've sold players for higher amounts of money than Arsenal have ever sold players for, um, which is really, really important. And then you've got to have the interest. You know, Arsenal are the team coming in for uh, for, for Neto, whereas Smith Rowe, there's rumours and whispers about, um, about Newcastle. There was whispers about Chelsea. And to be fair, when those links to uh, Chelsea arose, you know, when they came up, there were suggestions that Arsenal would be looking for a really big fee from Chelsea as well. 
Aston Villa only offered about thirty-five million pounds uh, for Smith Rowe, and that was about that was when he was playing regularly and was a really key part of that Arsenal team that got back out of kind of the rut that it found itself in the bottom half of the table under Arteta, and eventually Smith Rowe became part of that side that played trying to compete for the Champions League during the Amazon All or Nothing season. Um, that was the summer before that that he got a thirty-five million pound bid. So I don't think that uh, I don't think that necessarily there is an argument for Smith Rowe going for way over £50 million. And I also don't think that it's fair to ask me or other content creators to start saying that because there is some kind of influence that we have on the market. We don't. We don't have an influence on the market. We don't have an influence. Even from a journalistic perspective, if I write an article about how much I think Smith Rowe is going to go for, I personally don't think that that influence is significant enough that either a team that's trying to buy Smith Rowe or Arsenal trying to sell Smith Rowe, it would have any kind of impact on it. So I hope that that's kind of covered that because I know it's not just Ade in the comment section. There's a lot of people that leave comments like that that say that I devalue players. I personally, that's my view on it. And I don't think it has any impact on the eventual price tag of those players. I think I'm pretty accurate when it comes to player sales. I remember I told you last summer that I thought that Balogun would go for around £35 million at the start of the window. There was a period where I I kind of deviated and thought maybe we'd get closer to 50. Uh, I think that was more optimism than anything. But in the end, he went for around £35 million, which I, I thought is what he would go for. So there you go. I feel like I'm pretty accurate when it comes to assessing potential sale prices of players. Um, let's go to uh, Simon says, what highly rated central midfielder would you try and sign? I've kind of talked about this. Fafana is the one at Monaco. Uh, Barella has been another player that's been talked to me about. Barella absolutely, I think, is a really quality central midfielder. Very expensive, very difficult to get out of Inter Milan as well. But if we could do that, it would be a great signing for Arsenal without Without a, without a doubt, I'd love to see someone like Barella sign. That'd be a really marquee option for the Gunners to, to go for, whether or not it's the right move. And obviously, there's a lot of stuff going on in Italian football right now regarding betting. So we'd have to see if whether or not Barella's kind of been caught up in that or not. Um, we don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, certainly, he's a player of, of real, real quality, which is uh, absolutely worth having a look to. Um, <laughs> um Mark says, to what do you attribute Chelsea's recent turn in form and how would you set up the team differently? Uh, the opponents that they've played, I think, would probably be it. They've beaten Fulham, who have been dreadful. And I'm really looking back on that Chelsea result at home as kind of uh, a disappointment. And uh, they beat Burnley. And they then the game before that, they narrowly beat Brighton in the Carabao Cup. They lost at home to Villa. They drew away at Bournemouth. They lost at home to Nottingham Forest. They've only beaten Burnley, who are terrible, um, and Fulham. So it's not like there is a significant like reason behind the teams. I think it's more to do with the opponents. It's going to be a real test for them. Apparently, Reese James could be back. We'll have to wait and see if that is indeed the case and what kind of impact that would have. I saw some, uh, some Chelsea fans saying no matter who Arsenal start at left wing, they're going to be pocketed by James. Okay. I mean, Martinelli's back. He's had a whole couple of weeks to rest and recover as well. So I'm looking forward to, to Martinelli coming back. And Bazaar says, Tom, do you think Ben White is going to re-sign? Yes. Uh, relatively confident that Ben White will indeed sign a brand new contract. There's no indication to suggest um, that he won't. Uh, he's very happy at Arsenal. Um, so there you go. Tyrell says, Tom, they beat Luton at home as well. And they narrowly beat Luton. It wasn't like a... I mean, I know it was 3-0, but it was like a... I had to really fight for those three goals. So there you go. 
SA says, Tom, can you build a five-a-side best Emirates era player? It, it, it's difficult, isn't it? Because there's times at which players crossed over from the Highbury to the Emirates, like Thierry Henry played at the Emirates, but his best years were certainly at Highbury. I still think that you have to choose Thierry Henry because he continued onwards into that team. So at striker, still without a doubt, is Thierry Henry. Now it's how you then form your, I think it's a best five-a-side team is a goalkeeper, a defender, two midfielders and a forward. So a goalkeeper from the Emirates era is very difficult to look beyond Aaron Ramsdale. Uh, I know Petr Cech was here. I know Wojciech Szczesny was here. And I know Raya is currently the number one. But if I'd say, who have I been most impressed by of all of the goalkeeping performances of any player during the era at the Emirates, I'd have to say Aaron Ramsdale's performances at the Emirates have been better than any other option. It's almost difficult to not say Robin Van Persie as well at striker because Robin Van Persie... Arsenal in the Emirates era scored far more goals than Thierry Henry managed as well. So that's also something you have to consider. So maybe Van Persie, the reason why you don't want to put Van Persie in is because of the obvious ramifications of choosing Van Persie. Uh, into midfield, and I think, you know, it's hard not to say that Thomas Partey and Declan Rice and Odegaard as those three, very difficult. I mean, Santi Cazorla holds a very special place in my heart as a player. Um, and I'd love to put I'd love to see a combination of Santi Cazorla in his prime and Declan Rice together. That would be brilliant. Um, so, oh, and Cesc Fabregas as well was playing his best football at Arsenal during the Emirates era. It's so difficult, isn't it? I think, I think, because the way that a five-a-side team works, it's not like you have 10. So that kind of Ozil, Odegaard, and in some ways, I guess, Santi, whereas I think Sesk as a centre mid, even though he played a lot of attacking mid, but as a centre mid as well was so good. I think it has to be Fabregas. Fabregas probably in there alongside more of a defensive type player. It's going to be either Partey or Rice. And I've enjoyed what I've seen from Declan Rice so much. I think I'm going to go with Rice and Sesk as my two centre mids. And then as a centre half, I'm going William Saliba. I have to go William Saliba. Uh, I know that Sol Campbell continued into the Emirates era. I know that um, I know that we've had others like Lauren Koscielny, for instance. But I just think it has to be Saliba. So I'm going to go Ramsdale, Saliba, Rice, Sesk. And I just can't pick Van Persie. So I'm going to go with Thierry Henry as the striker. So that's, that's my team. That's the group. That's who I'm picking. Um, there you go. There's your uh, TGT. Five aside team. Um, even though I'm wearing my Santi Cazorla shirt right now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Hussein says, Would you start Havertz over Enketia up top with Jesus on the right if Saka isn't fit to start? Yes, yes, I would. Uh, and says, Two Emirates era players to complete this team would be Fabregas and Van Persie up front. Uh, MM says, When three of the current players are in, you know, we were beginning of the Emirates era was peak. Uh, yeah, for sure. And I think that shows you kind of the level that we've started to reach as well, you know, at Arsenal, is that we've started to reach a level where we are seeing the best Arsenal under, yeah, Arteta at Arsenal has been the best that we've expected since the golden era of Arsene Wenger. This is this is the, the most competitive we've been since that early to mid-2000s period. This is the most competitive that we have been since then. So uh, it's exciting. It's really exciting. Uh, Daniel says a biased pick. Probably, probably, Dan, because, 
we're football fans. And ultimately, it's there's always going to be bias associated with this. I wouldn't pick Sanchez because Sanchez, for me, is a left winger. He's a wide forward. And a wide forward doesn't have a place in a five-a-side team for me. Um, it's centre midfielders, it's centre forward, and it's a centre half. Um, that's just me. So there you go. Um, you can complain all you like, but that's my team. Everyone's got their opinions. You're entitled to your own. So there you go. Um, Mickey says, we'll always talk about signing Arta Vermeeren uh, from Antwerp. What happens to Charlie Patino? would be a shame to lose him, even though Vermeeren is class. We kind of talked and touched upon Patino yesterday. I don't personally think that there will be a pathway for him. I think that ultimately he will sadly move on in the summer. Um, and that's kind of where we're at. We do have an option of another year on his contract. I think that he has another year left when he returns, but I can't see Arsenal getting a significant fee really for Patino with a year remaining on his deal. Um, so, yeah, difficult. Difficult to see a pathway for Patino. Um but uh, let's let's see. Stranger things have happened. Things can change. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Jason says, who has performed the best this season so far between Saliba, Rice, Saka, Gabriel and Jesus? Uh, Rice. I think Rice has been our standout performer this season. Uh, I think he's been absolutely unbelievable. So, yeah, Declan Rice, without a doubt, is Arsenal's MVP of the season so far, which I really enjoy because not only did, of course, we really want him, but the amount of times I had people leaving comments over the summer saying Rice is average, Rice isn't any better than Partey. Like, you know, the amount of stick I had to deal with here in the summer regarding the, the amount of money we were investing in Declan Rice is without a doubt our best, best player this season, without question. He's been awesome. Um, very closely followed by Saliba as well. That is going to bring us to the end of today's show. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Please do drop a like on the video. Please do subscribe to the channel if you're new. I'll be back tomorrow morning, of course, with another 8 a.m. show. I'll also be back a little bit later on this morning on the Arsenal way. Uh, we're very close. I haven't actually checked the sub count on the Arsenal way in a little while, but we're very close to hitting... Uh, 100k let's have a quick check what we're on 98.2 we're less than 2,000 subs away from hitting 100k over there amazing amazing work amazing stuff um on the channel so thank you to everyone that's continued to help support us um we will return as i say tomorrow have a fantastic tuesday worst day of the week so always worth trying to get one over on this one um but i hope that you've had a great weekend start to your weeks and you've stayed safe and you've stayed well it is really important that those words ring too uh, true through uh, this moment in time. So please, indeed, to the best of your ability, do everything you can to keep yours and you and yours safe and well. Um, and thank you so much for listening. And as always, and most, well, not even most importantly, there are more things in the world than this, but thank you. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.